Once upon a time, there was a little boy called Howard who loved writing stories. Little Howard dreamed of being a writer And so he sat in front of every nighter But everything he wrote was fucking shite, yeah wubba dubba do wubba dubba do Worst writer in the world 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 He's a stupid Rubbish writer. Welcome to the worst writer in the world with me, Rufus, and he's big, he's clumsy, and he's made of bricks. It's long. Thank you to the British Comedy Guide for hosting this show. Thanks to all of our lovely patrons on Patreon for supporting this show. Mm. And thanks to you for listening to this show. (laughs) So, episode eight of The Last Olympian, we're still we're still on that train. We are still third episode on that fucking train. Yeah, not no sign of a balaclava man yet either. What's going not on? Not a single no hairdressing carriage. No. All that all that we've got on this train is the body mutilation carriage. Mm. That's the only the only thing the that best carriage. Dr. White cutting people's bits off yeah. carriage. <laughs> So Samuel, because he's got to take over someone's identity in order to work for freedom, mm-hmm. uh, has had his fingertips replaced yes. with a dead man's fingertips. And now he's in the process of having his eye replaced. But um, Sykes almost escaped. The the guy who they're cutting up basically almost escaped, ran off, mm. but then fell off the back of the train. But fortunately, Samuel managed to catch his eye yes. as he fell. Yes. And now we're back in the carriage with Samuel... Dr. White and Quincy. Hooray! <laughs> All right, let's get started, shall we? Yes, please. Okay, so Dr. White mm. is putting Mortimer Sykes's eye in Samuel's head. <laughs> for very good reasons. Anywhere specifically in his mouth? Hole or like in, in the eye socket? In, his, in, his, in, in the eye socket. In his yeah. eye socket, okay, yeah. yeah. You know, nice, easy operation mm. that any doctor can do. <laughs> White uses laser technology now, a rather Star Trek looking device, to connect Samael's optic nerve to the optic nerve of Mortimer's eye. Mm. The optic nerve is connected to the optic nerve. That's not such a good song. <laughs> As he does so, Samael grimaces and breathes, but tries not to scream out in agony. Kvensi eventually cannot watch and turns his head to look out at the passing night sky. As the world speeds by, Kvensi speaks. He remembers the past and he is serious in his speech. I'm getting direction here. As he remembers the fear of the past, feels the fear. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to do this. I'm going to perform wow. this. I'm, I'm, this is my audition piece. Oh fucking care. See if I can get this part. Hmm. You were always The fear's not coming Next. across. Is it? <laughs> I'll give you a second chance, Mr. Casting Director. Mm. I'll be better this time. Okay. You were always the strong one, Samael. Huh. So strong. I was older, but you, Sammy. Fade two. That's it. That's oh no, okay. No, it's gonna we we're gonna continue hearing his voice, but we're gonna see something different. Oh, it's a flashback. <gasps> Brilliant, we're having a flashback. Amazing. Okay, fade two, flashback, interior, shitty hovel. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, design, uh, can you do a shitty hovel, please? Yeah, all right, okay. Day. This speech covers the action of the flashback. Mm-hmm. 
when they came to our house that day, killed Peter. Cut his throat, threatened Mater. It's difficult to do it seriously when you decide to use words like Peter and Mater. Just be, you're not a good enough actor to kind of handle uh, the future not. cool speak that I've got <laughs> with. <laughs> All right. The fu- you always were the strong one, Samuel. Huh. So strong. I was older, but you, Sammy. Pass me a smoky smoke. <laughs> when they came to our house that day, killed Peter, cut his throats, threatened Mater, I failed. Barely tried. They knew a coward. Cut me, but you. Thirteen and you scared the devil from them. Mm. Saved us. The dumb little pale kid. Never forget the look on your face. I guess I'll never... I'm not instructing you to never forget <laughs> the look on your own face. I'm saying I will never forget the look on your face. Even I saw the power. And I knew then you were so strong. Thirteen. But I saw what they saw. And I was scared too. Wow. Yeah, do I get the part? It's pretty good. Good. <laughs> oh, sounds like a no. Well, it's pretty good. We'll let you know. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll tell your agent. We'll tell your agent no later. All right. So I guess while this speech is happening, this is the action. Two dark men have broken down the door of this place and have the pale white woman up against the wall. They have knives and are cruel faced, threatening sexual. On the floor, a big black man lies slain, blood pumping from his throat, dead. Shit. In the corner, a younger, gangly, 15-year-old Kofensi. Hang on, Kofensi and Samael brothers, then? Yeah, I think this is a, um, an exciting twist that's happening. Here. This is a reveal, is it? OK. Why have they got such different accents, then? <laughs> <laughs> they grew up together. Why do they speak so differently? That's weird, isn't it? Because they're like, uh, because like Samael's tried to better himself, so he's got this champagne accent now. Oh, you know, no, I'm posh now. I'm yeah. not going to use my, my, uh, my real accent. I'm going to try and sound posh. Oh, I might come from posh town. Yeah. I go to the gold bar yeah, the gold quite bar. regularly <laughs> in the corner a younger gangly 15 year old Kofensi cowers a newly made scar on his right cheek running red with blood mm. the men tear at the woman's blouse all oh, seems shit. lost but Samael appears just 13 wielding a tall bottle he yells something and the men laugh but Samael will not be laughed at he smashes the bottle on the table, creating an ugly, dangerous weapon. Mm. Should have smashed it on one of their heads, but yeah, that's okay. <laughs> what did the table do? What did the table do? <laughs> the table's the only innocent one in this situation. Got a lot of legs, though, hasn't it? He's probably after them. <laughs> it does seem like, you know, obviously he's made a weapon, but he could have simultaneously made a weapon while also getting rid of one of those two blokes and then used the weapon on the other one, right? We don't know but how he's only hard 13. their heads are. They might have really soft heads. He's probably looking That's at their good. heads, going, "Their heads are too soft. If I if I try and hit um, but, if I hit them with a bottle, the bottle won't break. It'll just bounce." But that's fine too. Then he just hits them both, and then they're unconscious, right? That's also fine. Then you can smash it on the table and stab them a bit. Yeah, while their heads are made from throw pillows. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> okay. If they're pillow-headed men, you know, yeah. pillow-headed men. Yeah, pillow-headed men. So. He smashes the bottle on the table, creating an ugly, dangerous weapon. There is intent, power, anger behind his eyes. He walks without fear towards the two men, who are telling him to back off, but he will not listen. He continues to move forward. One of them is uncertain, suggests they leave. The other laughs the kid off, but the first, scared by the child, buckles and legs it. Mm. The other yells after. The remaining guy turns and yells... 
attempting to be threatening. Oh, it yells at Samael, attempting to be threatening, but it is a lost battle. Mm. Young Samael is the threatening one here. The guy is worried. Samael, undaunted, moves forward, and the and the guy runs away. Wow, he didn't even do it. He didn't do anything. He's so scary mm-hmm. that all he needed to do was smash a bottle, and he intimidated these two. A, a, a presumably incredibly dangerous men out of his house. Yeah, what's he doing? I mean, I mean, fair enough. You you know, li- listen to the performance. I'm going to get you in my bottle. <laughs> I think you can. I think you can hear yeah. his power in my performance. Yeah. Uh, I feel like maybe if we were like if we were casting this film more carefully, mm. and if I'd known where this was going, maybe I'd have switched Kofensi and Samuel's voices around. <laughs> Right, right, yeah. And like, no, no, you're really powerful. You are. I am, I'm quite powerful. I've got, <laughs> got big metal hands and I'm from space. <laughs> Cut back to interior compartment night. Samael interrupts the story. It's working. Why is he can see? White sighs with relief. Oh, that's good then. Thank goodness for that. Kvensi <laughs> says, good, good. It's miles from perfect, but I can see. Yeah. Thank Christy, I can see. Yeah, but now he's got an evil eye, though, right? Because that's we know that's how that works. <laughs> yeah, he's got yeah, he's yeah. got five evil fingertips and one evil eye. Yeah. And that's a powerful combination, right? Because if you've got an evil hand and an evil eye, yeah. they can work together. Yes, the eye can direct and the hand can do. Yeah. The hand can poke out the the, 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 the non-evil eye, so you've only got one <laughs> evil eye. <laughs> also, yeah, chop his other hand off. Yeah. yeah. And then he's all evil. Mm. White says, OK, let's get it in the head. <laughs> <laughs> so he can see, but his eye's still dangling out, I guess. Wow. White, oh, God. White forces the eye into the eye socket. This, I mean, uh, this is the most unpleasant bit, right? There's been some really... Un- but the getting the eye out and putting it back in, that's the worst bit. Samuel blinks lots, <laughs> rolls his eyes around. His eyes? <laughs> Questionable. Mm. If uh, Mortimer was here, I think you might disagree. Mm. Uh, I tell you what. Mm-hmm. Although, like, obviously, I'm very tempted to um, mock your medicine knowledge. You know, your science here. But it's exactly like movies. Like, what you may not understand science or medicine, but you 100% understand movies. This would happen. <laughs> this happens all the time. Yeah. Oh, he cuts his eye out and puts another one in, and then he just kind of crams it in, and then he goes, oh, yeah, I can see now, and starts using it. Like, basically, the actor puts one different colour contact lens in, and then just starts moving his eyes around, going, oh, yeah, that works quite well, mm. blinky, blinky. I, I can picture that scene so well. Because it's def- you, definitely a movie thing, right? Yeah. It's like movies are shorthand, though, aren't they? No, nobody's got time yeah. for um, realism. <laughs> for actual science. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, get yeah. On with it. Yeah. Or to put it another way, no movie writer's got time for researching things like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I've seen it in movies. That's fine. Yeah, well, if they research it, if you research I mean, I researched it. It was <laughs> impossible. So I was like, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well whatever I then. I guess I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Research is your enemy. <laughs> The finger and eye surgery that happened on a train (laughs) were a success. Dr. White did it using his Star Trek laser technology eye surgery device and that circular saw (laughs) that he got from his dad's carpentry (laughs) cupboard. Brilliant. Okay, so uh, (laughs) let's see what's going to happen now. Probably his fingertips are going to fall off and his eyes are going to fall out and he's going to die. No. But uh, maybe not. Samuel says, The peripherals like 
demonstrating with his hand. I can't hear. I can see to hear. Can't hear? Yeah, but hear, like, demonstrative. Um, I guess he means I can't see here. I can, uh, like, he can see less. I feel like the, his ears right. had stopped working because he'd got someone else's <laughs> eye. Like, what's going on? Yeah. I think you missed when you cut my eye out and that got an ear as well. Yeah, yeah, Dr. White forces an ear into his empty eye socket. <laughs> There's something wrong here. I can't quite put my finger on it. <laughs> Not putting your finger on my eyes. <laughs> Haven't you touched them enough? Um, yeah, basically, he's. I think he's saying that he's not got as good peripheral vision than, that, as he did. But but it's he can see, but not Fair enough. I mean, you know, pretty amazing he can see it all. Yes, it really is. White says, that's good, better than I hoped. <laughs> I was expecting you to be completely blind and dead. <laughs> yeah, especially since I just shot your eye on with a Star Trek laser gun. Yeah. In fact, I'm still, I still think you might be imagining things. <laughs> yeah, I think he's... you're probably using your left eye and just imagining that you're using your right. Yeah, he's just tied it. He's just t- got the, that cerebral yeah. cord tied it together. Yeah. Shoved it back in. I'll probably do. We only need it to identify you. You don't have to, it doesn't have yeah, to be a working Yeah, it doesn't need eye. to work, right? Mind you, if it's off yeah. rotting and going off, that wouldn't be too good, would yeah, it? Yeah, and you've got to be able to move it, right? You can't just, like, have it rolling back in your head and stuff. You've got to be able to operate. Even if you can't see, you've got to be able to operate it. Right, yeah, because, like, that's what it does. It does everything, doesn't it? It makes it roll around. And I mean, I don't know how. Not, not just, I don't know how eyes yeah, work. Yeah. It's, it's got like to be a, muscles So that optical, them, right? what's it called? The optic nerve, or is it the cerebral cortex? Which one? What is it? Something or other. It's like optic a, nerve. The optic nerve is a, is a joystick. The thing that they, that's the thing that they cut. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I expect there's probably. I mean, there's we we get listened to by a lot of weird people, and they also have some weird areas of expertise. And I bet at least one of them is an eye surgeon. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. So maybe they, or, or they know an eye surgeon, or they studied eye surgery, and then you know decided to become a. A Doctor Who fan instead. (laughs) You know know what they're like. Mm. Uh, So someone can definitely write in and tell us what the truth about um, replacing one eye with a completely different eye is or would be theoretically. I did did do research and it was definitely completely impossible. Yeah, but there may be like, if you're writing sci-fi, there may be like a theoretical future version of that. Like if you were going to do it, if we had the ability, what would it? What would be? Because I remember that this 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 optic nerve. Like had like a, like a million different um, like oh really things, connections. So like connections so it would be you know pretty hard to I got three of them <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty yeah. good come on yeah. White hands him a mirror and he looks at his reflection it's a different color mm-hmm. White has in his hand a contact lens container which he unscrews inside is a green coloured contact to match Mortimer's eye. Mm. White places it on Samael's left eye. The train hoots. Kavensi says, we're nearly at the city. I have to bail. I guess he's going to jump. Kavensi goes to the door, opens it, turns. Good luck, kid. Samael nods, and with that, Kavensi is gone. Just jumps off a train, everything's fine. Mm -hmm. White says, get the clothes on. (laughs) Put your clothes on, I'm sick of looking at your penis. <laughs> White tidies as Samael dresses. Exterior train, coal truck, night. Kafensi jumps from the train. Okay, so he didn't just jump out of the. I thought he immediately jumped out, but he, he left and then jumped from somewhere else. Exterior train track, night. Kafensi lands and rolls. 
He stands, dusts himself off and watches the train disappearing into the night towards the lights of the city because he is a man in an action movie and therefore can do things like yeah, this without yeah. being injured. Just drip, like bit yeah. of dust, bit of dust. OK, fine. Yeah, but then he realises he's left his keys on the train. He's like, oh, <laughs> freaking hell. Yeah, and his eye and his fingertips <laughs> and his leg. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, shit. Hmm. Cut two. Interior compartment night. Samael is dressed in Mortimer's suit. It is a decent fit. He has parted his hair. Though not the spitting image, he does look respectable. In fact, given Dr White's colour, Samael looks more of a silver than he does. Because he's a white man. Right, so hang on, a, a silver is a posh person, right? Yeah. Because this society is organised by Olympic medals. <laughs> and that's true, right? And Samael is a bronze medal, which yeah. in this society is a loser rather than third gonna, place. Pretty good. I'm going to go on a limb here, a potentially <laughs> racist limb, and say that I think most winners of um, gold and silver medals probably are people of colour and not white people, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. And so probably Dr. White looks way more like a silver than, than Samael does. Yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. But I mean, just because of the number of people in the world there's not actually it may seem like it because of the way our media represents him mm. but there's not actually that many white people in the world mm. so you know if you have an international olympics yeah of course white people aren't overly represented <laughs> <laughs> all right so what you're saying is that dr white is a silver mm -hmm. he's societorially silver probably yes. wearing his medal to show that yeah he's got medal around his neck right <laughs> be amazing yeah and samael isn't he's a bronze but he's what well, he's taking his medal off mm. but because most silvers are white people looking at these two you're like wow now samael actually looks more like a silver even though he's lying because mm. of racism yes because of racist, racist expectations yes. yeah okay the train begins to pull into a train station at St Pancras, a train station at St Pancras. That's weird. So, so in this world, St Pancras is more of an area with a lot of train stations in it. <laughs> Pulls into St Pancras three. You know, where did they just come from? So they're going to London from where? Elmet, as far as I can remember. <laughs> Samael looks out the window at the Victorian architecture. White gives Samael some supplies. Here's more painkillers. Contacts. Try to sound more champagne. Try to sound more champagne. What, what, what do you mean? I'm doing a really posh accent. <laughs> try yeah. to sound a bit more champagne. Uh, if you're in trouble, try not to contact me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fare thee well, Mortimer Sykes. Nobody told me anything. Yeah. <laughs> you get painkillers, contact lenses, and one piece of advice. Try not to sound so poor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And don't call me. And yeah, if you're in trouble, don't call me. Yeah. Bye. And white is gone too. Samael stares at his reflection in the window. He mentally prepares himself, composes himself, picks up Mortimer's case and exits. Mm. Cut to exterior, platform, St Pancras night. Samael steps alongside other passengers from the train and carries his case towards the security gates. Oh, this is the big test, right? Yeah. See if it works. La -dee -da -dee -da. La -dee -da. <laughs> My name's Mortimer Sykes. I like um, silver things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at my silver medal that I always wear and have not just stolen from a dead man. <laughs> Isn't it nice? Mm. Oh, look at my normal right eye. That is all that is completely mine. Mm, lucky I haven't got any like, knitting stitches on my fingertips. <laughs> That'd be a dead giveaway, wouldn't it? 
Should have yeah, used yeah. that fucking Star Trek device on my fingers. Well, as well. He's still got like a ball of wool, like um, attached to one of his fingers. <laughs> yeah, and a knitting needle sticking out yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. The immediately noticeable thing about these silvers and golds, oh, there are golds there, Ooh. is the similarity of their dress. There seems to be no colour here. Mm. The men in black suit and tie, the women in black, white, or black and white dresses. To just blow that up too. It's not just it's not just segregation by race. Then it's gender segregation as well. The women all have skirts on, <laughs> like a school uniform. Yeah. They're all wearing high socks and short skirts. Yeah. No, well, just to just below the knee. And of course, they are for the most part white. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Samael has just entered a fifties film noir. Oh. I hope it goes into black and white at this point. Mm, then. Lovely. Yeah. Humphrey Bogart's there talking about hills of beans for some reason. <laughs> what kind of beans are we talking about? And presumably Waitrose. Uh... Yeah, because I mean, a hill of Waitrose beans is pretty, pretty good. That's but silver. if you're saying if you're saying a, a hill of Aldi beans, I'm probably not probably not bothered about that. that. Just leave it. It's bronze. not a big problem. I don't want any, bro- don't want any bronze <laughs> beans because I'm I'm definitely silver, and that's why I eat Waitrose beans. <laughs> Samael has passed the test of Izzy middle class by seeming to care about beans. Yeah. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a kind of waitress beans. He balances it on his shoulder and he's like walking along, kind of like yeah. gesturing at it with his head and pointing so everyone knows that he's posh. Yeah, and it's, see, that's the thing. It's, it seems like it's not going to work, mm. but then it totally does because actually all middle class people are kind of like that. Mm. <laughs> it's like if he was trying to be gold and do that, then you'd know, be like, because yeah. they're a bit more like, you know, they just. Mm. They've, they've grown up so privileged that they don't have anything left to prove. Mm. But all these middle-class people are walking around with beans on their shoulders. <laughs> so when you first see it, you're like, oh, no, he's going to get caught. And then it, yeah. like, but it pans out and everyone's, <laughs> everyone's got, got beans. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you've got M&S beans on your shoulder. They're very good. Very well done. Yeah, I've got wait- Waitrose beans of a similar quality, I think you'll find. Well, this would be amazing, a society that wears beans on their shoulders. <laughs> So the gates are guarded by armed guards and biometric checks take place. The guards wear clothes not dissimilar to police with the flat cap of a police sergeant. So they're dressed like guards. The guards wear <laughs> uniforms, basically. You know, like police have uniforms, it's not that dissimilar. But not police yeah, uniforms, more like something no, a no. guard but might guard, wear. Guard, guard, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I can imagine that. Thanks for describing it so well. Mm. Samael reaches the security. The guy in front passes with ease. Mm. It is Samael's turn. Uh He places his hand on the scanner, moves his ball of wool out the way. (laughs) Shifts his bean tin a little to the left. (laughs) He places his hand on the scanner and looks into an iris recognition unit. The iris scanner seems to take forever, yes, because I've seen this scene in a movie before as well, that it takes longer for him because we want to be tense. Not because there's any logical reason for it, (laughs) but because we want a bit of tension, right? A beefy guard eyes Samael with suspicion. I like the way in this script all the guards have an adjective. They do. They always do, don't they? Wasn't there a beefy guard in... um, In Collider, maybe, yeah. Collider, yeah. But we've had, like, shifty guard, Mm -hmm. bulky guard, Mm -hmm. and now we've got beefy guard. You know, I love that. Beefy guard. So um, he places... He looks into the Irish scanner. Scanner seems to take forever. 
Um, because it's a scanner, it's probably showing him what's outside the TARDIS. <laughs> right. Yep. So he's confused. Like, why have I got? Why am I looking at a picture of Dalek planet? <laughs> why? Why are those vines wrapping themselves around the TARDIS? That's just something that happens on primitive planets. Okay, you know, plants wrap themselves around your spaceship. A beefy guard eyes Samael with suspicion, and then. A green light gives him the go-ahead. Mm. He smiles at the guard, and he is through. Hooray! It worked. And nobody questioned the knitting needle sticking out of his hand. <laughs> or, yeah, or the woolies trailing behind him. That, 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 leads, that leads to a dead man. So he's dragging Mortimer Sykes <laughs> behind him. Accidentally got caught up in the wool. <laughs> I thought you fell off the train. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so this next line's a bit confusing to me because it says, um, on the other side of security with a bag man, but then in brackets it says badge mun. <laughs> B-A-J-M-U-N. Is it, cap- it capitalised? Badge is, but mun isn't. Like, ba- like but that's the stress. Ba- bag man is capitalised, but then in brackets... I think, there's a, I think the bag man is, is called badgeman. Okay, so it's it says a bag man, though. Yeah, a bagman called Badgeman. All right, so um, on the other side of security with a bagman, brackets Badgeman. Um, <laughs> Holden, not confusing at all. <laughs> absolutely fine. Holding a sign. Steve Badgeman. Which reads... <laughs> Steve Badgeman, yeah, mm. uh, who is a bagman. Mm. Um, holding a sign <laughs> which reads Sykes. Oh, no, hang on. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm doing this wrong. It's an exciting moment. It's an exciting moment. On the other side of security, with a bagman brackets badgeman oh, <laughs> holding a sign, which reads Sykes yeah. is Bridget Astor. Oh my god, blue-skinned hot woman, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so she's with a badgeman <laughs> called bag. No, a bagman called badgeman. Yeah. Um, looking as stunning as the moment he first saw her. Her beautiful red hair, the only colour in this black and white world. What about her blue skin? And her blue skin, (laughs) the only other colour in this black and white world. Brilliant. And I hope you, um, Schindler's listed it and and everyone else is actually in black and white and just her Mm. with blue skin and red hair. Which you want to be careful with phrases like, I hope you Schindler listed it though, because that's a... Yeah, sorry, I I do, I take that back. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Well, no. Yeah, that's saving. That save, that's saving yeah, okay, from no, Nazis. Enough, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying I hope you're saving people from Nazis. I think that's a good thing to hope. Sorry that. Sorry that you find that offensive, Howard. I'm sorry that you're on the side of the Nazis. Well, it's the twenty-first. Is it the twenty-first century? It is the twenty-first century, century yeah. now. Um, you know, you've got to like Nazis be more, are good re- again, more receptive yeah. to. To things you can't just go around bad mouthing Nazis. They haven't done anything bad for no, a while, have they? I, they haven't invaded anywhere <laughs> no, in ages. They yeah, they have. Probably... <laughs> they, they have, and they do, and they're awful, and they, and they did something bad yesterday, like, and today. Be Nazis. <laughs> That's a bad thing they do all the time. <laughs> anyway, she looks as stunning as the moment he first saw her. Oh yes, I've already said that. So only colour in this black and white world. So everyone's wearing black and white. Their skin is black and white because <laughs> there are no they're brown zebras, people in this world. All zebras, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And their hair is black or white. Mm. Samael balks when he sees her. Will she recognise him from before? Did she see him when he was hiding? She saw some people through a window, didn't she? But She She got a glance, right? No, I mean, he's done his hair different. He's wearing different clothes. She's not going to recognise him. You're fine, Samael. He heads over to her. She looks at him with no trace of recognition. Yeah. Mortimer, question. Yeah, is she going to be kooky? That's what I want to know. Is she going to be a manic pixie dream girl? I think she's more of a 
the serious one kind mm. of character. So um so I'm going to give her that kind of serious um you know like straight laced mm-hmm. uh you know like kind of some you know like like a like an a, a American female politician wearing power suits mm-hmm. and and you know someone someone who's going to be like very different to Samuel Samuel a bit stupid you know a bit stupid she's got to be serious so her voice is Mr Sykes <laughs> Badgeman the Bagman mm. takes his suitcase. But he didn't even say yes. Oh, I love that. You know, <laughs> thank you very much. Mine. Yep, thank, you, thank you very much. <laughs> she holds out her right hand to shake. He instinctively goes to shake it, then stops and instead proffers his left hand. That wouldn't that wouldn't seem weird. So is that because it's got a knitting needle sticking out of his right <laughs> hand? Because it can't be good that it looks bad because he just did the thing, right? Surely it doesn't. He's probably worried that it's going to fall off. <laughs> but that's weird. She held out her right. If that happened to you, she held out her right hand. Yeah. He went forward with his right hand, and then suddenly at the last minute, so <laughs> yeah. no left. Hand. So now she's got to retract her right hand and put out her left hand. That seems like a really stupid power move. If someone did that to me, I'd be like, no, fuck you. I'm not shaking. I don't. I don't like shaking hands anyway. Way. So take your stupid, weird handshaking <laughs> ritual, your stupid power place handshaking ritual, and go away. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe he's just going to shake her right hand with his left hand. Oh, well, maybe. No, you might be right. Uh, because it says he instinctively goes to shake it, then stops and instead proffers his left hand instead, and they shake these as best they can. No, you're God, right. She didn't, so weird, he didn't make a shake left hand. But that's that's weird, but it doesn't seem like such a kind of weird power move. It just seems weird. It seems like... I don't know. It seems... No, it seems worse. It seems like some kind of like sexual thing. <laughs> I don't know. It seems suspicious. It seems like someone's just had their fingertips cut off and now they've had them sewn back on and they're worried you're going to notice. She looks at him oddly and he <laughs> stares back nervously. Bridget says... Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She pivots and strides off. Samael and Badgman the Bagman pursue. I'm just trying to think of a thing you'd do with your eye now. Like, um, she, she, <laughs> she winks with her right eye. He goes to wink, but then he's like, oh, no, a second. He winks with his left eye instead. She takes her right eye out and shows him. He goes to do the same, but then, like, oh, no, I better do my left eye. <laughs> All right, cut to interior tube train night. Samael is staring at Bridget, so he's doing well. He's really, like, you know, m- making sure that no one is suspicious of him by just sitting there, yeah. staring, probably dribbling. <laughs> Bridget says, What? Samael says, Nothing. I just thought that I recognised you. You'd remember. Mm-hmm. Of, co- of course, yes. Yeah, you're very. Um, Careful. Distinctive. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Distinctive. That's a new one. And that's code for stunningly beautiful or repulsively red. Okay, I can't do it with this voice. She's going to have to be Scottish. Distinctive. Because that's how... I, I mean, I can do... I know how to do Annalisa, and this is just Annalisa. Distinctive. That's a new one. And that's called for stunningly beautiful or repulsively red. You see how it works better? Like, the yeah. line fits that voice, Amazing. right? All right, I'm going back to the start of this scene. Not the whole thing. But um, Bridget says, what? Nothing. I just thought that I recognised you. 
<laughs> You'd remember. This, we, what this means, though, is like the thing is, what this actually means is that like I only write two characters. I, I, dr- I dress them up. I try and dress them up as different things. And then I things, break it down yeah. by doing the same yeah. two voices every and, and it's time. Like, oh, yeah, they only work when you do these voices. Yeah. yeah. So. You, uh, so nothing. I just thought that I, I recognised you. You'd remember. Of course. Yeah, you're, you're very um, careful. <laughs> uh, distinctive. <laughs> distinctive. That's a new one. And that's called for stunningly beautiful or repulsively red. Mm. Oh, the former, naturally. Mm. The former naturally. Where did you learn to speak? The funeral parlour. <laughs> what? Where did you learn to speak? The funeral parlour. <laughs> did you learn to speak from undertakers? <laughs> because they're famously bad at it. Yeah. You know, oh, those those embalmers, they just can't put sentences together, yeah, can they? Yeah. What's wrong with the former naturally? <laughs> I mean, it's a bit awkward, but it's... Is she saying, like, undertakers or possibly dead people are awkward, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Cut to interior, Canary Wharf tube station, platform, night. The whiz sound as a futuristic tube train pulls in. Mm. (laughs) Brilliant. The tube doors and protective doors slide open and Samael, Bridget and Badgeman, the bagman, get off. I'm having difficulty to remember that. Because it all says bagman every time. I'm trying to remember how I'm supposed to say it. Cut two. Interior. Canary Wharf tube station. Escalator night. They ride the escalator majestically to the top. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Which I hope means they're like holding out their arms and they've like got long scarves flowing behind you them and a big dress. Probably like wearing crowns and holding jewels. Oh, yeah, if definitely. They're doing it majestically. Yeah. Cut two. Interior. Canary Wharf tube station night. Biometric print readers instead of ticket barriers greet them. They pass without incident. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Cut to exterior Canary Wharf tube station night and out into the beautiful dark blue night sky. Samael is in awe of all he sees. Mm. You've not been to Londinium before, Mr Sykes. I call it Londinium because I'm quirky. Hmm. Uh, no, Miss Astor, I haven't had the pleasure. Cut to exterior apartments lower Aberdeen Wharf night. Samael looks up at his new home. Badgeman, the bagman, opens the door and they enter. Interior apartment reception, night. The reception is gleaming clean white. A receptionist greets them. Okay, now this says Dorman, but D-O-R-M-A-N. And that doesn't appear, that doesn't appear to be a spelling mistake because he's got lines and they're listed under Dorman. He is Dorman the doorman, isn't yeah, he? yeah. We've got Badgeman the Bagman and Dorman the Doorman. <laughs> That's what's going on here. That's the world you've created. Yeah. Uh, so a receptionist greets them. Dorman, an effusive elderly gent, says, Evening, madam, sirs. Dorman, this is Mr Sykes, our new occupant for Crib 42. Ooh. Ah, yes, pleased to meet you, sir. The computer has been pre-programmed, so everything should be in order. But... If there are any problems, simply pick up the phone and I'll be on the other end, <laughs> sitting on it so I can I can feel it when it rings. Cut to interior Mortimer's apartment, lounge, night. Mm. The door opens. Unfortunately, Mortimer is not single and his wife is there. Yeah. <laughs> and immediately says, uh, no, that is, that is just a stranger. You're bringing a stranger. No, the door opens. Samael stands silhouetted. Bridget appears behind him. Lights on question <laughs> computer lights on miss astor <laughs> wow that can be a noser it does this is my husband computer the computer 
it does. And it also is it is as a lot of completely pointless, redundant speech. Because I don't know about you, but I feel like I'd know if the lights were on or not without a fucking <laughs> robot telling me. <laughs> yeah. You know, if it's like turn the turn the fridge off or something, I wanted to go, <laughs> I have turned the fridge off. Because like, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, no, the computer says lights on Miss Astor, and then the house computer switches the lights on. Mm. So what it's doing is not just redundant. It's taking too long to do it by telling you it's going to do it first. Mm. I will now switch the lights on for you in just a, b- a few seconds after I finish saying this. But, you... yeah. but it also says the computer has a chirpy female voice. Oh. So it's not, I will put the lights on. It's, I will put the lights on. <laughs> it's a dialogue, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you said exterminate you. Do you wish me to continue? <laughs> no, no, don't exterminate me. You have selected yes. Exterminate. <laughs> so do I do I do any chirpy female voices except the one I'm already doing for Bridget Astor? Do I have any? I mean, I could recast. That's pretty chirpy, right? Lights on Miss Astor. That's the computer. The house computer switched the lights on. The computer has a chirpy female voice. Lights on Miss Astor. The flat is plush and big. Whites and creams, glass and silver. A cream leather sofa and armchairs. An old-style black dial phone. Fruit and champagne awaits the new arrival. The fruit sits in an elegant bowl with a silver fruit knife with an ivory carved handle. Mm. The champagne is in a nice... Why are you describing the fruit? (laughs) (laughs) The important thing in this room is the fruit. Let's make sure we get that right, everybody. So the champagne's in a nice bucket. They enter. Then the computer says, Welcome, Mr Sykes. Welcome, Miss Astor. Salute, Monsieur Badgeman. You can stop the house from talking if you like. They annoy the, they annoy the John out of me. They annoy the John out of me. You know that famous phrase, oh, I'm so, I'm so annoyed, my John's out. <laughs> my John's out. Yeah. Oh, God, I haven't got any John left, I'm so annoyed. Mm. So my L says, no, no, it's fine. Badgeman, the bagman, dumps the bag in the master bedroom, but it doesn't say what he does with the badge. <laughs> <laughs> and then he has a line, mm-hmm. so now he needs a fucking Well, he's French, isn't he? Because it, it said salut. Oh, he? he said okay. salut, Monsieur Badgeman, didn't it? So Badgeman, the bagman, says, May I be of any further assistance? Mm-hmm. For example, now I've brought your bags in, would you like me to take your legs? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can... You probably want to take your... Now you're at home, you probably want to take your legs off. I could yeah, put them in the leg stand for you if you want. I won't steal them. Yeah, Don't worry, I'll put them in the leg stand. Most people tend to tip me. They tip me two legs. <laughs> yeah, they well, tip me at least one leg, legs. usually two. Bridget shakes her head. Mm. And Badgeman the Bagman says, Thank you, Miss Sir. Badgeman exits. The computer says, Oh, au revoir, Monsieur Badgeman, the bagman. Bridget takes the champagne bottle from the ice bucket as Samael stares around in wonderment. Wow. Champagne for breakfast? Would you like Mm. champagne for your breakfast? No, she says, champagne. Mm. It is. It really fucking is. Pop. He turns to find open champagne bottle in her hand. Oh, I see. Oh, he thought she was saying... Because like, they use champagne uh, as an adjective, yeah, don't they? Yeah, yeah. It's like, be more champagne. It's really champagne yeah, yeah. here. Yeah. So he thought she was going, isn't it champagne <laughs> here? <laughs> yeah, it's really yeah. champagne apartment. These beans are really champagne. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that's what gives him away. Mm. He's got a tin of champagne beans, and that's not a thing. <laughs> Look, beans in champagne. That's no one. No one has beans in champagne. It's always tomato sauce. No, no. What he he mistook what she meant. She said champagne. Then he heard the pop. He turned around, saw the champagne bottle, and went, "Oh, I see." She looks at him oddly. It's compliments of biotech. Mm. He takes the bottle, takes a long draft. She raises an eyebrow, and then she says, "Did you just say fucking?" <laughs> he sprays champagne everywhere Brilliant. because. <laughs> because every now and again you forget you're not writing a comedy movie. You're not. Write, you forget you're not writing an old-fashioned like carry-on comedy movie from yeah. the '70s. And you're like, I can I can see Jim Dale doing this. <laughs> <laughs> he sprays champagne everywhere, and then Samuel covering. Um, it's uh, not very good. <laughs> He's blaming he's like this is rubbish champagne. Oh, he's saying the champagne's no good. Yeah, maybe. he's saying the reason he just spat champagne everywhere in this apartment that's been presumably like sorted out for him by the company that he's just arrived in, drinks the champagne, spits it on the floor, and it's rubbish champagne. <laughs> but Bridget smiles for the first time. Now she's really beautiful. Ooh. Oh. The script's saying she's more she, you'd be a lot prettier if you smiled. <laughs> Fucking hell. Bridget says, Sykes, I don't know what they told you about us up in Scotia, but we're not solid silver. We like to think of ourselves more as mercury. You know? <laughs> what do you think about that? Does that make sense? Does that seem like a thing yeah, if you yeah, would I say? I like to think of myself huh? as mercury as well, yeah. <laughs> I like to think of myself as Jupiter. <laughs> that, 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 I'm, I'm joining in. Is that, that, that work? <laughs> So Samael says, really? So he tugs his tie loose. Anywhere I can get a whiskey and a smoke, it's been a long day. Mm. Bridget says, ha, I really had you pegged as an oik. <laughs> mm. And I had you down as recently deceased. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Pretty good sexy conversation, isn't it? Pretty good at flirting, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, I thought you were dead. <laughs> Little Howard dreamed of being a writer, and so we sat around every night. But everything he wrote was fucking shite, yeah. Woman of a no, woman of a no, was writer in the world, was writer in the world, was writer in the world, was writer in the world. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Worst Writer in the World. You are great. Bye-bye, mm. Milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go sign up for the Man by Cow secret game. Bye-bye, Milk. <laughs> He's a stupid, suck-ass, rubbish writer. Yeah.